podcast discusses naughty experiences, uses naughty language, and all the naughty things your parents won't want to hear about. Hello, my lovely listener. I hope you're having a great week and have some wonderful weekend plans planned ahead or a weekend planned full of self-care and me time. I actually want to talk about that very, very specific um, theme this episode by myself. So as you know, I, or if you don't know, um, I basically moved to LA at the start of, at the end of January for six weeks for work. Um, I'm about halfway through the trip now and I have been thinking a lot about sort of moving over here permanently, maybe potentially at some point, but we will talk about that in another episode. Um, I have just absolutely found so much peace and comfort in, in and my and bits of myself in this trip that I didn't know I was missing I didn't know that I needed I didn't know that I needed to adjust or think about but I was on the phone with my mom the other day and she was saying how she feels like she it sounds like I'm my old self again and it feels as though the past few years have been an incredible emotional challenge for me and I know they have been for so many and you know all of the numerous lockdowns and the changing of you know careers and and things and particularly for people who do jobs that predominantly work on freelance like artists of any kind and you know that sort of thing it was quite hard to find work for so long and so you know it really took a toll on everybody's mental health mine included and my mom was just saying how she feels like I'm sounding like my old self again for the first time in a really long time. So that was an incredibly special thing for me to hear. And I've been speaking to my dear friends who are kind of, you know, all over. So Ella is in Paris and we have talked a lot about this. And then Bella's back in London and we've talked about it. And Daphne's in London and we've talked about it. And I've been talking about it with friends in LA as well. And it just feels like I'm sort of going through this metamorphosis, this metamorphosis sort of stage in my life where I'm sort of shedding this part of myself that I didn't know I needed to adjust or that I thought was, you know, nothing, there was nothing wrong with it and whatever, um, until I came to a place where it was all different for me. And a friend of mine the other day was essentially, she had the most insanely spiritual beautiful way of expressing it but she was like what you've essentially done here is by stepping out of this path that uh, that could you could so easily follow this path back in London that you have with the people around you and your living situation and your job and everything she's like you so easily could stay on that path forever like and and live a very happy life she said but by taking yourself out of that situation and putting yourself in this completely completely new environment where it is this city as we've said on the podcast before is very sink or swim it is very competitive it is quite grueling and can be incredibly difficult to manage She's like, you've taken yourself out of this comfortable, safe place and brought yourself and dropped yourself into this in, this 
tank, shark tank, essentially, or this tank, essentially, where you don't know what's inside it. She said, and you have essentially managed to live a version of your own future in this move. So she's like, if you look at life in sort of a linear pattern, you were on this linear trajectory going, you know, in one direction, but you have sort of given it a little split, like a little dead end in your hair or like a hairline fracture. And you have followed that side of that trajectory. Meanwhile, it's still going in the same direction, but it's going parallel. Or it might be going in a completely direction, but it's still moving forward. And that, for me, I don't know if it's at all tangible or digestible, what I've just said, and if you're able to (laughs) compute what I've just said. But it made sense to me, because she's right. Everything that I'm doing at the moment, the people that I'm hanging out with, and the, the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm seeing, and all of the above is essentially what I have to look forward to should I choose to, you know, take this leap and and make a more permanent adjustment to my life in a few different, you know, avenues and a few different parts and places of my life. Um, And yeah, I have just felt as though I am, I am sort of coming not even coming out of my shell, because I wouldn't say I was ever really in my shell, because I, I I don't really think I have a shell, to be honest. I'm so, like, loud and extroverted <laughs> at all times. Um, well, not at all times, but, you know. But I think it's a way, a way of looking at it would be, like, I'm sort of shedding my skin. And, it's, and it was not even that, you know, it was, like, dead skin or whatever. It was just not comfortable anymore and, you know... I don't know, I just, I feel like I'm shedding my skin and I'm, you know, morphing into the person that I have been sort of meant to become for the past few years, but due to a thousand different reasons, I didn't end up becoming that person until I got here. So this evening, I I had a very interesting, special, beautiful, wild, kind of sad, all over, a, a very zero to a hundred kind of evening, um, and then back down to zero again, where I took myself out to a solo concert for the first time in my life. Now I'm 26 years old. And the last time I had a solo ticket to go by myself to a gig was when I was 21, I think. But then I got pneumonia and I couldn't go. No, I think I was younger than that. I think I was, yeah, because it was pneumonia. So I must've been 20. It was the end of my freshman year of university. And I, um, yeah, I got pneumonia, so I couldn't go to the concert. But anyway, so tonight I went by myself to see Suki Waterhouse um, in LA and it was just divine. So Suki Waterhouse is, if you don't know who she is, she is an actress and a model and a singer. Um, and I, I've been a big fan of hers for years. I think she is also truly one of the most beautiful people on the planet. Um, and her music is a very, very unique genre. Like, I can't really tell the kind of blend it is. You don't, I'm sure if you have social media, you've probably heard a few of her songs sort of featured on, like, Instagram reels or TikTok or something. Um, but the album and her music, but primarily the, the latest album that she released um she was touring with this album and I mean she was pretty much doing all of her big hit songs as well so the and the album's been quite a big part of my life for the past 
five months or so. Um, it's been sort of my background soundtrack to my life um, whilst I've been sort of making some big changes and having a whole bunch of different challenges and trying to sort of get through all of them in, in, in one piece. So to go to this concert by myself and listen to the songs that feel like my songs. And there were so many songs there that that I was, I don't think I could hear anybody else singing along to it. I just knew all of the words to almost all of the songs. I just, it, it's such a special and sentimental album to me. And there were definitely people there who, you know, who knew it and there were, you know, quite a bunch, uh, quite a few of her songs, you know, the entire crowd was singing to. But there were quite a few songs that she played where I felt as though it was just me and her singing along. Um, you know, it was just me singing along to her singing to me. <laughs> and it was it was just a really beautiful experience to go by myself. I also, you know, standing in the queue to go in, I was sort of found myself looking at my phone quite a lot. And so I put my phone away and we were standing outside for about 20 minutes. And then I was listening to, there was a, an older couple in front of me. And then there were a bunch of, I think it was about three or four sort of 22-year-old women standing behind me who were talking about going to, flying to Vegas the next morning, like for work. I don't know what they did, but it, I, I, from what I gathered, they sort of worked in social media um, and were doing events and stuff. And so it was just interesting to listen to that and then to observe people in the queue and watching them when they're, you know, some people were standing by themselves and you could tell they were waiting for a friend because they were frantically looking around or were only on their phone until their friend got there. So I was trying to be sort of more present in the moment, which is something I've definitely learned to appreciate doing more since coming here. Um, and a quick digression before I fin continue with the story, but I think, honestly, the I have spent more time... Now, naturally, you spend more time with yourself anyway, even if I was back in London and I hadn't come to LA or whatever, or even if I was already back in London, I'd be spending most of my time by myself anyway, or with my dog. But I have... I've so, sort of learnt to see it as almost a treat that I'm spending time by myself. And I'm not looking it at... I don't like the phrase... I also decided I don't like the phrase um, being alone because I don't necessarily think that's the best way to phrase it because that sort of means that there's almost a negative connotation to being with yourself. So I'm choosing to sort of use the, try out the expression like I'm just with myself today or I'm by myself as opposed to I'm alone. It's just alone singularly sounds quite almost tumultuous. Like it doesn't sound like it's got good connotations to it. So, okay, back to the story. So the gig was just divine. And between the opening act and Suki, I started talking to these two lovely girls who were standing next to me who looked so young and they were 19 and they lived in LA and grew up there the whole time. They'd never been to Europe. So we were talking about, you know, traveling and I was telling them how, why I was in LA and they were like, oh, you, you know, where are your friends? I was like, oh no, I literally came to the gig by myself. And they were like, whoa, whoa, like, how does that feel? you know, how do you, how do you feel? One of them was like, how do you feel? And I said, I actually feel so accomplished in a way because this, it's not something I, I didn't think I could do beforehand. Wait, no, it's something I, I, it wasn't anything I never thought I could do, if that makes sense. Like I always knew I could do it, but I'd always been a bit reluctant because I was just sort of afraid of like, 
oh, well, you know, not only did I just think, oh, people are going to look at me weird for being, uh, you know, by myself, but also the thought of like, oh, well, I probably know other friends who would want to come to this gig too. But that wasn't what it was about for me. This gig was about me spending time, you know, with myself and enjoying the music that has kind of been with me through a bunch of things and just being with myself in that space and they were like blown away by it I was also saying okay girls but I'm also a lot older than you so like I kind of know you know I can handle it if I you know it's fine um anyway so at the end of the gig someone came this woman came up to me she was probably a couple maybe a couple years younger than me she comes up to me and she just taps me on the shoulder so for sort of visuals I was essentially standing so this the stage is obviously raised and then there was the crowd in front of her and then to the stage right and stage left there were both sort of these slightly upper levels but they were only like two or three steps up so we were looking over the heads of the people on the ground but I was right on right at the corner so I could see the entire stage from where I was and then most of it well I wasn't quite right at the corner so there was someone a few people standing next to me so essentially I could see the stage really really well and you know the performers could see where I was standing but I couldn't really see the people on the ground because there were a couple people standing in front of me and I was sat on the edge so it was nice I got to sat down for the whole you know I got to sit down for the whole concert and I was just, you know, in my own little world and this girl came up to me afterwards and she tapped me on the shoulder and she's like, hi, I just, I wanted to say that I took some photos of you during the concert and I wanted to show them to you. And she, and I was like, my, I honestly, like my breath was just taken away when she said that. I was like, what? what? And she showed me the pictures and they are absolutely stunning. Not because it you know I'm not like oh my gosh I look gorgeous but the photos purely capture this moment of me being by myself listening to this music that has helped me through so much like you can see it in my expression and then I'm like there's a photo where I'm literally laughing to myself and they they're just this gorgeous like black black and white set of photos where no one else is even in the frame. You can sort of see the shoulder of someone, but the stage lighting was right on me as well. And it, I mean, I could not have posed for those photos better had I been aware of the camera. And it was just a moment of like, you know, you find, especially, especially when you're spending a lot of time by yourself in a new environment where you're learning, you know, your own routine and creating your own routine and everything. And at the same time, you're sort of learning what it is that you like and don't like. And I keep saying you, but I should just talk about me because this, I should talk about me no, because obviously this is my own experience. But, you know, for me, I'm learning a lot of different things about myself and things that, you know, some, you know, some things like I will tolerate and now and I won't tolerate now. And, you know, giving out olive branches to people who aren't taking them. It's like, well, I've had enough of doing that. So, you know, people have like one or two strikes and then they're they're out. Like there are different levels of of my own self-awareness and knowledge of myself that I'm developing whilst I'm out here. And I'm also really learning to love myself in a new way that I haven't before because in over five years, I haven't had the independence of just being by myself most of the time. And so to be in this environment where, 
I am learning to love myself and see the beauty in myself. And I don't mean physical beauty, but in the way that, you know, I will spend time picking up calls and answering calls and chatting to people who I don't know very well just because they reach out and they ask for me and they, you know, they want a hand. And here was this woman who saw me in that moment and saw kind of this sort of euphoric moment I had with myself. And she thought that was beautiful as an outsider. And it was, I was completely just overcome with emotion from it because I thought it was almost like I was seeing myself for the first time. And yeah, I don't really know how else to explain it except for that. It was like I was seeing this beautiful person who has like fallen in love with themselves and is enjoying where they are from the lens of somebody else. So it was like I was looking at the photo at somebody different. Like it didn't look like I was looking at myself. It didn't feel like I was looking at myself. But it was really, it was really, it was really special. And I mean, I recently found a digital camera that I had when I was 12, 13 years old, and I found some hilarious pictures on it from when I was a kid. And I've been sort of taking that around with me a lot too. But I want to start utilizing that more because taking photos of people when they aren't paying attention and capturing those moments where people are just living their lives day to day and just living in that moment is when they are the most beautiful, but it's when they would not even consider it themselves. So I think that, you know, it's important to capture these moments, especially of your friends, but of complete strangers too. I think if you see a moment where you see someone like just absolutely I don't know, creasing themselves laughing in the park at a picnic and they look so beyond beautiful, capture that moment and then go show them what it looks like for an outsider to see what they just witnessed. And I know it might sound a little bit creepy and I'm not saying go around taking pictures of strangers. I'm not advocating for that, you know, without their permission and whatnot. But it was just a really powerful moment that I didn't know I kind of needed as acknowledgement to see just how much I am learning to love this person that I have started to become and that I have kind of always been but haven't really started to fully flesh out and develop until I got here so yeah that that was that was a really lovely way to sort of round up the concert and then and then there was something quite emotional that happened that I was not prepared for but you kind of can't always get prepared for these things, where I was waiting for my car to pick me up. I had just called for a taxi. And I saw these two girls hysterical crying in on the pavement. So I went up to them and I, to be honest, my first instinct was, oh my gosh, they must've just met Suki. Like, cause there were some people who, there was a girl standing in front of me who nearly passed out when Suki blew her a kiss. Like she genuinely nearly fainted. So I thought, oh my gosh, these girls must've met her. That's, you know, how exciting for them. But they were, they were crying like, like, you know, they were, they were properly emotionally crying about something, but not in a good way. And they were comforting each other. So I went up to them and I asked if they were okay. And they were in quite a distressing situation where the adult that they had been with, and they were with another friend as well, the adult had gotten quite drunk at the event. And then the other girl that they were with, who was severely underage, like she was, I, 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 she was not even 16 years old, let alone 18 or 21, which is the legal drinking age. This girl was very, very, very young to be under the influence. And one of the two girls who was crying's mother was had gotten too drunk and had gotten this other girl drunk. 
And so these two girls were devastated because they were trying to figure out what to do. But obviously the responsible adult wasn't being a, wasn't being a responsible or b being an adult. So I call, I stood with them and I said, well, who's, you know, do you have a ride home or do you want me to get you a taxi? And they said, well, we, and one of the girls, the one whose mum got drunk, she said, oh, my aunt's coming to pick us up. So she said she's about five miles away. So I said, okay, well, I'll wait with you until she gets here. So I was chatting with them for a few minutes and I asked them how old they were. And I, the, the, so the girl who was under the influence was, younger than these two other girls and the two other girls were 15 and they these two 15 year olds were just beside beside themselves upset and so I waited with them and then the other girl whose mother was not on at the scene she called her daughter and they were chatting and she couldn't get any words out so I just I said can I talk to your mum for a second so I spoke to the mum and I just explained I was like look I was at the concert with these girls I you know I saw them inside earlier but, um, you know, I was about to get in my car. I just, you know, you know, this is my name. I can give you my number if you want to talk to me separately or whatnot. But I just, I just want you to know that I'm staying with your daughter and her friend right now until, you know, the aunt comes to collect them because this is not, you know, it's not okay. And the mum was super panicked, but I was like, we're doing, you know, and she said, well, how is she doing? How is she doing? I said, well, we're doing some breathing exercises because I was trying to sort of get the girl to, breathe her way out of this panic attack um and so I waited with them for about 25 minutes and the drunk mom and the drunk child um was sort of stumbling around and they I was sort of keeping a distance between the other two girls and them and they were coming over at one point kind of trying to cause drama so I sort of separated them a tiny bit and then the as in I literally just said to the girls like come over here let's wait here let me you know go talk to them and I just said like look I'm waiting with the the girls until the car gets here and then you will all pile in you will go home um and so the aunt eventually showed up and we got them into the car and it was okay and then I gave both of the girls my email address and I said literally please just contact me if you need anything at any point and then I said to the other guy I said just make sure you call your mum right now and tell her you're in the car um because it was incredibly distressing to see, you know, these two girls upset, but at the same time to see that the guardian who was supposed to be responsible for them was the one who was being the least responsible. And it was it was really distressing to see, and I could see that the girls were incredibly distressed. And then um, it was just one of those sods law moments where, you know, if I had called for a taxi or, you know, gone on and tried to get an Uber before I waited whilst I was waiting for the girls the uber would have come immediately whereas I was then had to wait about 15 minutes so after they got in the car but I was talking to the security guard and there was another there were a few people who were walking around looking quite sketchy um just sort of eyeballing the younger women who were coming out of the theater waiting for their ubers and so the security guard sort of got involved and then he helped sort of get me into my uber even though everything like I was doing okay I wasn't I wasn't scared or I wasn't feeling you know uncomfortable in any sense well no I was uncomfortable I wasn't scared though it was just a moment of I need to sort of protect myself here and I told the security guard I gave him sort of all the info I had about the the two men who had been sort of walking around and then the security guard waited until my car got there and then he got me in it and I headed home and then I opened the fridge, I had a pickle, made myself a cup of tea, and now I'm lying in bed watching Frasier because it is my comfort show. 
Um, and I am recording this episode. I did not intend today to record an episode by myself. Um, the, the timing of this is quite funny because this will be coming out post Valentine's Day episode, but I have been waiting for, um, but I am currently waiting for a bunch more people's (laughs) replies to the Valentine's Day episode. Um, cause I sent that out the past couple days. So temporarily, this is going to seem super confusing cause the episode hasn't come out. I haven't even started editing it yet, but by the time you hear this, you will have hopefully already listened to that episode. So anyway, there isn't really a moral of, no, I don't know. I guess there is a bit of moral. I feel like I need to, to figure out a way to conclude these episodes, the solo ones where it's like, oh, what's the thought of the week or what's my lesson learned of the week or something. But I just think that you know, finding moments of beauty in life and filling your day with it on top of the fear of, oh, this is another story, but on top of losing the fear of feeling or looking stupid, I think you can accomplish a whole lot and even change your own mindset just by sort of stopping to care what you think other people think of you. Because, spoiler alert, a lot of the time people aren't thinking of you. And now I know that sounds really silly and twisted and you kind of want people to think people to think about you but I realized today that out of all of the people I have seen since coming to LA just over two weeks like two and a half weeks ago out of all of the people I have seen more than half of them didn't know I had a candle business the other half had no idea I had a podcast and most of them didn't know that I had any kind of business at all like the amount of people who I've been talking to about the podcast who then looked it up on Instagram and were like, oh my gosh, wait, I've seen you post about this, but I didn't know it was your podcast. And I spend so much of my time, you know, curating social media posts for them and trying to ensure that sort of, sort of I'm doing a good job marketing it. And the people in my life who I'm sort of curating it for, who are my friends slash followers on Instagram, these people don't care. And it just made me realize, and not even in a not even in a negative way at all, but it almost just made me feel more free about what I'm gonna post online and what I am gonna share with people and share on the podcast and you know what I'm gonna share about the podcast with people. Which, so, sorry, that sounds like I just said the same thing six different ways, but it just that revelation that I had today of oh my god, nobody actually gives a shit. That to me was so powerful in helping me realize that everything that I have been sort of afraid to do because of other people's opinions, I should do anyway, because most of the people who I feel have opinions, first of all, don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. And they also just aren't involved in it. And you know, I I don't talk a lot about my candle business on here, but it's something that I have worked so hard over and so many of my friends would rather you know and so many people in my life that you know if they they either know I have this business or like this candle business or they didn't think about it or they haven't clocked that I do or whatever it is most of these people have no problem you know posting about celebrities and stuff or posting the new you know, Gwyneth Paltrow's company, you know, Candle or whatever, and supporting that and showing love for that. Meanwhile, for a, you know, a tenth of the price, you can get a handmade candle made by one of your friends. And I, the only reason I'm sort of making this statement now, which seems sort of like 
kind of juxtaposing everything else that I've been saying, but is on the note of sort of people not caring and not paying attention is it gives you the freedom to know that you can kind of do whatever it is that you want to do. And if it is that you want to start posting 10 TikToks a day and, you know, work towards becoming a content creator or an influencer, then you should do that. Because I think that there is a, you know, there is a fear ingrained in us that people are going to judge us and all. But at the end of the day, Nobody actually cares and nobody actually pays that much attention to what is going on in your life. And now the other side of that coin is you should pay attention to what's going on in people's lives. You know, if you have a friend who starts a podcast or you have a friend who's making a movie or who's in a play or who, you know, decided to start making makeup videos on TikTok or is doing book reviews on YouTube, whatever it is. I think it's really important to show the people in your life that you care about their interests as well. So if you see that one of your friends is posting something that you think, that is sort of making you think, oh my gosh, this person's trying to become an influencer. And that word has such a, you know, has such a negative connotation behind it. And it doesn't necessarily, it shouldn't necessarily have a negative connotation behind it. But I think there's such a stigma behind it and people thinking, oh my God, they're just doing it for attention and just because they want to be famous. But if you see that a friend of yours or someone you care about is actively looking to, you know, start their content creation career by posting videos of their workout routine or whatever, as as their friend, you have the duty to support that. And if they start doing something that you disagree with, then, you know, that's a different conversation. But if someone you know starts a candle business or starts a jewelry business or starts making, you know, uh, I don't know, upcycled postcards and turning them into fucking decoupage lounge chairs. I don't know. I literally have no idea where that just came from. But, you know, as their friend, you have the the you have the duty to support them. And it doesn't even have to be spending money on it, especially if it is a decoupage chair that's probably gonna be quite a lot of money but you know and it's not necessarily saying you have to buy a candle or whatever but just spreading the word telling people about it following their social media sharing their posts you know listening to their podcast episodes and sharing their podcast episodes and everything I cannot tell you how much it means to me when I see friends or people I know or even more so people I don't know who are sharing my stuff and are sort of actively being like oh my gosh look how cool this you know this candle is or whatever or how you know this podcast is so funny but it just the running these different sort of businesses and different avenues in my life has really taught me and now this is a very painful thing to digest but I, I I learned it sort of at the end of last year primarily when my candle business wasn't doing very well but create starting this small business and this podcast has taught me that strangers are more likely to support you and show love for you and your interests than the people in your life. And I could name probably on both hands how many people in my life have actually supported my candle business as opposed to the amount of hundreds of strangers who found my candles either in a market or online or on social media or whatever and have bought it through there but i could i'm not kidding you i could tell i could count on probably less than both hands how many people in my life that i know personally who have supported the business and then there are also people who for the candles for example you know they um 
you know, I'll, I'll make them one for Christmas or something and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I have to buy more for my friends and whatever. And it's sort of an empty promise. And I mean, I don't care if people, if people in my life buy the, from the candles or not, but I do care about it when people actively choose to show it love and to support me and everything. And I think having this podcast for nearly three years, it's nearly talked dirty to me's third birthday having this podcast whilst I'm out here as a form of sort of journaling and storytelling to myself and as a way of sort of remembering my days and learning the lessons that I'm learning and teaching myself and learning alongside other people and from other people I feel as though I'm definitely in a better position to you know know who I am and I was thinking about this recently but as as a you know an, an actor and a writer and whatnot who's sort of not coming into the game as a teenager but is going to be sort of coming into the game in her mid to late 20s you know I'm already you know I'm still in my 20s I've still got so many lessons left to learn but I already know what battles I want to fight and what hills I'm willing to die on and what things I'm willing to believe and all of that And I think that that's something that comes with time and age and also spending time getting to know yourself. So if you are in an industry or you're in a job where you are working absolutely grueling hours in a career that is hardly rewarding you, but you feel like the job in itself is rewarding you enough, but you don't have time to get to know yourself, at the end of the day, you're going to burn out faster than anybody because you won't know what your limits are. So for me, coming here and spending all this time by myself when I'm also learning to sort of navigate a completely new life in a completely new place, again, by myself, I am learning so much more than I ever thought I would and than I ever thought I needed to about the way that I handle relationships and handle tricky situations with people and heavier emotions and, you know sort of attachment styles and love not necessarily just love languages but the you know showing love between friends and the patience that I have for people and you know I sort of mentioned this towards the beginning of this episode but you know what I will and won't handle and not not handle but what I will and won't tolerate anymore and um, I think that sort of learning these lessons comes with spending time by yourself and doing things that you would not have expected to do by yourself, such as travel, such as move, such as, you know, going on long drives and listening to Suki Waterhouse. Um, But yeah, I just, today was very much a reckoning day where I've been able to sort of look at myself in the mirror and then look at myself through someone else's eyes in these photographs that I truly did not know they were take, you know, they were being taken. Um, and just see that there is progress being made that I don't see every day because I don't take the time to look at myself in the mirror every day and ask if these things are changing. But seeing, you know, myself in those photos was really like looking at someone who felt very, not necessarily healed, but someone who is learning to heal and is very much learning to love themselves and love, love themselves and just be happy, be happier in the moment and appreciate being by themselves. So I would say, I think that what you should do, and I mentioned this at the end of the last episode, 
of which was about going up to some strangers and starting conversations with strangers what I think you should do this time this week is I think you should try and find an activity that you would never consider doing alone and try it alone so whether it's you know you wouldn't consider taking yourself out for dinner try taking yourself out for dinner just yourself and you can bring a book of course you can bring a book or a notebook and try and keep your phone down as much as possible or maybe it's even going to a museum by yourself or going to the cinema by yourself even if it's something as simple as like you don't like grocery shopping by yourself because it gives you a bit of anxiety try grocery shopping by yourself or go at the same time as someone and go your separate ways and meet back at the car um i just think it's important and i'm learning this more because i have to right now but i think it's important to learn how to handle living on your own especially if you're in or you have been in or you're recently coming out of a long-term relationship learning how to live and function and treat yourself as an individual outside of your partnership is incredibly incredibly important and now this is something that goes for people in relationships as well but it goes for people who and this goes for people who are single as well though because even if you have never been in a relationship or you just got out of one, you know, you got out of one a year ago, whatever, I think it's also super important for you to take the time to learn to love this time that you spend by yourself because if you've been single for a while too, it might also feel a bit tedious doing things by yourself because you're like, oh, I just, you know, I want to do something with someone else and someone new who's not myself. But I think trying to approach things where it is an absolute privilege to be by yourself, with yourself, on a date, at dinner, or at a concert, by, you know, on your own, or whatever it is, and I think if you see it as like, oh, what a treat it is to be by myself right now, I think that you'll, your eyes are really going to be opened up to all sorts of different corners of your mind that you didn't know you needed to look into, and not even in a scary way, but you'll be, you'll be sort of forced to face things that you weren't sure you were going to face and again not in a scary way but if you if you look at it as it is such a treat to be spending this time by myself I think you will learn a whole new level of self-love and admiration and also respect for yourself that you might not have before so that is the that is my little and large (laughs) um episode about sort of self-love and time by yourself and learning to be patient with yourself because it might be something that you check in with yourself every single day and I know I certainly don't do that so for me and if you are someone who doesn't check in with themselves every single day having a moment whether it is that someone takes a photo of you or someone describes you or you hear through a friend that someone's been describing you as this really happy individual whatever seeing yourself through someone else's eyes can really open up your views for an instance can just show you that there's so much more beauty about you that you aren't even aware of because you're so introspective anyway i'm going to love you and leave you with that i hope it made sense it is now two o'clock in the morning um and i've been talking to myself into this voice note (laughs) slash podcast episode to be for a while now so I'm going to wrap this up I hope that the ending is as coherent as the beginning I do not think it is I think I might need to do a bit of work in the edit 
But thank you as always for listening. And I would love to hear your stories about moments where you fell in love with yourself because I think it is something that is so easy to forget. And, you know, if someone were to come up to you and ask you to name 10 things or a thousand things that you love, at what point would you mention yourself?